welcome back to my podcast on sustainability crisis i'm your host sandeep uranthi and i hope you're doing well in whichever the part of the world you're from today's episode is about farming and how its evolution has affected the the biodiversity of the natural world contrary to many of us may think farming is not a naturally occurring process it is a human invention it doesn't matter if it is industrial farming or organic farming and before farming uh, we were uh, hunters and gatherers which means uh, we used to go around and hunt animals and gather fruits and vegetables that are available in the wild and farming made sure that uh, we had food security and also allowed us to multiply in population and farming techniques and population growth went hand in hand for many ages and uh, in the process of higher yield uh, we domesticated many fruits and vegetables that resulted in modern day industrial farming of perfect size color and shape in fact we perfected them so well most of us do not even know that many of the modern day vegetables and fruits will go extinct uh, without us farming them because they simply cannot reproduce by themselves and survive in the biodiversity of the natural world and some of the noticeable examples are corn and banana so hypothetically tomorrow if we go extinct then they will go extinct too what i mean is if you dig a hole and put a banana in there then you will never see a banana tree coming up this is because we domesticated not only animals but plants too and we tamed them into a point where they cannot survive without modern form of agriculture of course there are both advantages and disadvantages of selective farming and one of the advantages is a reliable food supply and in some cases also ease of transport and one of the big disadvantages in my opinion is it can lead to loss of species variety and this is also you know uh, lo- losing biodiversity my inference is not to establish any resistance or rejection to the selective farming but only to lay down the current state of farming that said we must also thank selective farming uh, without that we will not be able to feed everyone on the planet so again in terms of social benefits there is nothing inherent wrong with selective farming uh, but we all know that the devil is always in the details in the process of this rapid growth and shift towards selective farming we have neglected the fact that the natural world thrives on diversity and this diversity is what actually gave us this many variety of fruits and vegetables in the first place a very good example of this is a uh, infamous green wall of china in gobi desert and the china calls it grain for green program the project is all about bringing back the forest that was destroyed long back So what they did is plant monoculture forest especially bamboo and eucalyptus and several others and now the scientists call them uh, the green deserts you know, due to lack of biodiversity and one of the biggest flaw is uh, the dangers of monoculture planting and almost a billion trees died from plague in the year 2000 and the result is that only 15% of the trees planted since 1949 are still alive this is what exactly happens even in agriculture when there is only one type of plant and it is very easy for the plague or insects to multiply rapidly and destroy crops 
So this is where the blatant history of pesticides and GMOs actually begin. And now the question is, can we actually feed everyone on the planet without industrial farming? And often answer seems to be complicated. But I would rather say the answer is simply yes, but it comes with complicated terms and conditions. And one of the top conditions I ask myself is, are we willing to move away from industrial farming and embrace the biodiversity? Which means we need to produce food in the most biodiverse environment as possible. And this translates into that we need to grow as many varieties of plants as possible in any given piece of land. I mean, even if we continue doing selective farming, I think a good start would be doing it in a biodiverse environment. To answer the question briefly, we can feed everyone on the planet without industrial farming. And what we need is more farmers. This problem is exactly like population pyramid in Japan. You know, there, there are more retired old people than working young people, which makes the pyramid inverted and collapse. So just like this, we have more people consuming food and less people producing them. So this inverted pyramid is actually strongly supported by the industrial farming. So if the solution of more people farming sounds naive, then we can always go back and rely on technology for solutions. You know, due to rapid rise in artificial intelligence and robotics, we could widen the base of that pyramid using technology. The issue with biodiversity is like Newton's third law. For every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. And even the natural world works this way and balances out the shock energy which may arise. For example, overpopulated lions will overhunt and eventually die out by lack of food and reduce in population. But we humans with our big brains and intellect were able to protect ourselves from these small shocks. But we have created a global imbalance on many levels. It will balance out eventually. In our case, the impact will be not only affecting us, but also the rest of the planet. Well, in fact, the planet is just fine in astronomical terms. The little people like you and me and our lives are those will get affected dramatically. It is not that we are living in an open loop. We are a part of the Earth's biosphere. And an astronaut might very well understand this fact because an astronaut knows how hard it is to create life support system in outer space and how magical it is to have a thriving life support system that just works and we take it for granted here on Earth. We are deliberately destroying that life support system with our ignorance. So we are in this together. And if we have the capacity to take action, then we also have the responsibility to take action. So I hope you also take action uh, according to what you're capable of. So that brings us to the end of the podcast and I would love to hear from you. And I'm also open for a dialogue in a personal level. And please do send me your comments or inquiries by direct message or in the email in the description. If you have been listening, thank you for tuning in.